Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to episode 67 of the G-Man Journal podcast. I'm your host, Ben Beccarelli, and today I am joined, as you guys probably already know, today by Dylan Waxman. Yeah, what's up, guys? Uh, this is probably not as good of a draft class as maybe all of the NFL ones, except for 2013 so far, but, but it's not terrible. Yeah, this is a decent draft class. Today we are redrafting the 2015 NFL draft class. Uh, today's episode of the Jeep Man Journal podcast is brought to you by Chris J. Vecarelli. If you're a small business and you're looking for an account help with your tax needs, call Chris J. Vecarelli CPA. Chris J. Vecarelli. We don't forget about the little guy. Big thanks to him for uh, sponsoring this episode, and we will get right into it here. Um, yeah, th- this draft isn't terrific. Um, it's decent at the top. Has a good amount of depth, though. Um, so, yeah, um, we will get into it here. Um where the Bucks are on the redraft clock. They had the number one overall pick here. With this pick, they took Jameis Winston. Yeah. Now, Jameis Winston, although it was kind of became a laughing stock in NFL, really is not that horrible of a player, if you ask me. I think he throws a lot of interceptions, but he also throws for a lot of yards and touchdowns. And his team wins a lot or wins games because of him. So I, I think in this redraft, they – end up redrafting and selecting James Winston. Now, I think the reason they redraft a guy who they've already let go of uh, is because, one, he's not that bad, and somebody will – and I think some people agree with that. And, two, it did end up leading to you getting Tom Brady. So so it some good came out of it. So uh, who do you have going, number one? Yeah, here, number one, I have the box selecting Amari Cooper. Um, I think – I think you could easily make the argument for Winston, as you said, but I think you could also make the argument for Gurley. Um, I think potentially maybe there's a little bit more value in taking a running back one overall, but I think Amari um, has had has had some good uh, years. I think um, you could easily make the case for Winston, and I think the case for Winston would be just how valuable quarterbacks are and as you alluded to he, he really hasn't been that bad over the course of his career. Yeah I actually have Gurley taking a bit of a tumble in this draft I mean considering he did not do anything this year and has not really had that many great years except for the 2017 um, MVP level season and then um, and then 2018 as well uh, but, yeah. but I think it's fair Yeah all right, we will move right along here to two to the Titans, where in real life they took Marcus Mariota, a guy um, that I guess it didn't exactly work out for them, considering I didn't, I don't have Mariota going um, e- even in my top 32 here. Um, so he doesn't even go for me in the three draft. Um, Mariota didn't exactly work out for the Titans, but I think that they could do a little better here as they go with Todd Gurley. Um, I think... I think, Dill, as you said, um, maybe maybe the the two years aren't enough to get him there. But I think it's, in my opinion, it's a little more than two years. I think it's two years of of, outsta- of outstanding play. But then it's also two years of, or it's more years of solid play as well. He won uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's a three-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, um, and is a um, and was the Offensive Player of the Year um, in 2017. Um, to go along with the rookie of the year, um, obviously in his rookie season. So he's had a very successful career. And I think that, um, that he goes to here for me. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. I have him just going a bit, or not a bit, but like significantly later. Like not late, but but I feel like I am not relying on the skill positions as much. Uh, I think in terms of maybe importance, a running back could be very important. But I don't. I don't think Gurley is that great in terms of draft. We're, we're going to say draft stock. Uh, but I but I think it's arguable to have him high, like up here. Uh, with my second pick, I'd be tight in selecting Amari Cooper. Now, I think, as this may come across as weird, um, as, like, why would I have Amari, who is a skill position player, going over Gurley, if people think Gurley's had better peak seasons, which I don't disagree with, but I think Amari's been a lot more consistent, or a or, or lot more... Yeah, a lot more consistent, and I think in this Titan situation, maybe the receiver benefits them more. Now, I think either way works, because they don't exactly have a quarterback without Mariota, and if, if Mariota just probably gave it... Okay, I'm going to say this completely honestly. I don't think... I didn't go with Mariota in this, in this first round either, but I don't think Mariota is that far separated from Jameis. I, I think it's kind of close. Uh, people look at last season... For Mariota and the fact that he got benched for Ryan Tannehill and, and he took them to the conference championship as a way to put him down. But Jameis also threw like 30 interceptions last season. So I think either way, like if we're relying just off of last season, then, then Mariota has a clear argument. Anyway, we'll move on to the third pick with the Jaguars who selected Dante Fowler Jr. in real life are back on the clock. Yeah, I think that uh, the Jaguars here go with James Winston, the guy you had going one overall. Um, I think I think Winston has had a solid career, as we've talked about a lot with him. I think it's unrealistic for the Jags to select um, a quarterback two years in a row, but but we know how Blake Bortles turned out and what their current QB situation is. No, if, no hate on Gardner Minshew. I think he's a chance to be good in the NFL, but, but I wouldn't bet on it. So I think that's logical especially uh, since we know how this QB tenure with Blake Bortles actually ended up. Uh, for me, the Jaguars selected Dante Fowler, who was an, who's an Ed Rusher type. Uh, yeah, we're going to call him an Ed Rusher, defensive end, something like that. Uh, not a horrible player. He missed his all of his rookie year because he like, tore his ACL. Um and then he missed, and then he never really found too much success with the Jags, and now he's on the Rams and isn't horrible, but, but isn't great. Um, yeah, no, he's pretty bad, but he's a big boss, I think, but not a horrible player, but I think Daniil Hunter is a big upgrade, like I said. Um, we'll move on to the fourth pick, where the Raiders are on the clock. Now, in real life, they selected Amari Cooper, who is uh, off the board for both of us. Uh, there isn't necessarily another receiver you would have going this high. Um, was this fourth pick? I'd be Raiders selecting Frank Clark. Yeah, I have the exact same pick here. I think um, they go um, from taking an offensive skill position to moving to the defensive end um, in Frank Clark. Um, I think Frank Clark has had has had a very good career. Um, he in this draft, um, or he he's. Um, had a great career. Um, he did not go until significantly later, or yeah, very significantly later. The second to last pick in the second round for him to Seattle. 
Um, he's a, a one-time pro bowler, has been with both the Seahawks as he was drafted to them, but has more has re- made, really made a name for himself last year, um, having a great year with the Chiefs. Well, I think Frank Clark is not logically better than Daniel Hunter, but, I, but maybe if we're judging it off of last season, then he is. I, I don't know. Maybe that's your thought process. I don't exactly agree, but I think it's fair. Uh, Frank Clark also really, as a draft prospect, wouldn't have looked so bad. Um, probably for if he's getting drafted, fringe three, not three, maybe two years later. But but he did get dismissed uh, from the team for domestic violence, which obviously hurt his draft stock. Now he still went in the second round, so it's not terrible. Um, Frank Clark is a very good player. He was obviously in that. We're going to say so-called, so-called, but we're not going to call it a blockbuster trade, but in the big trade in last year's offseason to the Chiefs, where he thrived this season. Um, anyway, we'll move on to the fifth pick, where the Redskins on the clo- are on the clock. I think in, re- or in real life, they selected Brandon Sheriff, um, another player who was, or who has been very good. Uh, maybe not as good, though, as the guy I have them selecting, but who do you have them selecting? Right. Yeah, I think that um, the Redskins here um, steal one from the Cowboys and go with Byron Jones. I think that makes sense. I, I feel like if you're the Redskins, you're going to play it. We're not going to say safe, but they're going to play it um, in, a, in a logical way, either going on the defensive line sense or, or the offensive line uh, like they actually did. But, but I think in terms of talent, Byron Jones is definitely or definitely can be the guy of him going. Uh, early in the first round, but not as early as you did. Uh, I think I think that makes sense, though. Here I have the Redskins selecting Trey Flowers, another guy who has been consistently pretty good and, and very good for this draft class. Trey Flowers is, or has been, pretty good ever since he came out of Arkansas. Uh, I mean, he was good on the Patriots early, and, and he's been pretty, or he was decent against the Lions, uh, Last year, not a not a terrible year. Uh pretty good player. I mean, he played, or or he's been a model of consistency. Hasn't really been significantly hurt. Uh, his best season was most likely you would say twenty seventeen, uh, where he only played fourteen games. But but that was probably his best season. Anyway. Who do you, uh, you have, oh, we discussed this, but who do you have going at number six where the Jets selected Leonard Williams in real life? Yeah, I think that here they go with Daniel Hunter. Yeah, uh, Daniel Hunter, very solid player. Now I have them selecting the guy they select in real life, like I said, who was Leonard Williams. Now he got traded this season to the Giants, not um, looked at as a good contract player, or his, he'll probably consider it a bad player now because he got a big contract or, or now he's completely overpaid. But, but I think he is still a good player and he was pretty good on the jets for a solid like five, four and a half years. Yeah. Williams goes significantly later for me because I think um, the it's, it's been, he's always been solid for the jets, but never has really been that standout guy. And then wasn't really great with, um, with the Giants last year, and, and maybe that's just me being a, a little biased as to why he goes later because I'm so sour about his last year. Um, but I think here, I think um, 
Williams is fine. Again, I think I'm more, I'm lower on him because I'm sour about last year, and I think he's going to be looked at as worse now because, as you mentioned, he is overpaid. But enough rambling about Williams. We will move along to the seventh overall pick, where the Bears in real look in real life took Kevin White. Um, and I think here they take um, a guy that went um, the first pick in the second round to the Giants um, in Landon Collins, um, a guy who was who was great with the Giants um, throughout his his tenure there. Had was was a three time Pro Bowler, made three straight Pro Bowls from 2016, 2017, and 2018, um, along with an All Pro um, in 2016 as well. So a, a great career for Landon Collins. Yeah, I think here I have the Bears going a guy who uh, maybe until 2017 would not even go in the first round. I think they select Stephon Diggs here. Now, obviously, this is a big upgrade compared to Kevin White, uh, who never really got onto the field, or who has not been able to get on the field consistently because of injuries. Uh, but, but Diggs, obviously, his legacy is, is not solely, but majority of it is based on the Minneapolis miracle or, or whatever they decided to call his miracle catch and run to lead the Vikings to the conference championship. But anyway, we'll move on to the eighth pick now, where the Falcons are on the redress clock. Now, in real life, they selected Drake Beasley, not a terrible player, but not a amazing player. I think you get a real upgrade here with the pick I have them going with in Grady Jarrett. Um, yeah, I like that. Um, Jarrett goes um, a few picks later for me here. I think that the Falcons go with Marcus Peters here. Yeah, now Greg Jarrett is obviously on the Falcons in real life. Uh, he was selected, or he was selected in the fifth round, 137th overall. So obviously, has rose a lot. Uh, with the eighth pick, uh, you have wait. So you have the Falcons selecting Marcus Peters. Yeah, I have Peters going. Um, not a bunch later, but later. Uh, I think this is a pretty close one. I, I feel like you could argue that Marcus Peters is the best corner in this class. Now, I don't exactly agree with that argument, but I think between Byron Jones and him, it's it's close, especially because Marcus Peters had a very good season last year. Uh, we'll move on to the 19th, or the ninth pick with the Giants on the clock. Yeah, um, obviously they went um, here and took the, the infamous Eric Flowers. Um, and now, is Eric Flowers, of all the god-awful offensive lineman um, the Giants have had since like the Super Bowl run is Eric Flowers the worst? Uh, with absolute certainty, yes, he's terrible. Yeah, I, I would 100% agree. Who do you have them taking here? So I have the Giants selecting Andrews Pete, uh, a, although I probably said his name wrong, a very solid player. Now, and rumors came out, I don't think we've probably discussed this when speaking of the Giants' draft decisions, um, uh, rumors come out, and, and the rumors have been wrong. So, just to cite a few, uh, we will go back to, well, I guess we'll start in 2015, where the pick appeared to be MHP, and then they surprised everyone, and selected Eric Flowers. 16, it looked like it was, uh, it 
was Vernon Hargraves selected Eli Apple. 17, it appeared to be not 100% sure on a guy, but not Evan Ingram, and, and of course it was Evan Ingram. 18, with, um, with Josh Rosen, who, who apparently was going to go to, even though he fell to outside of the top 10. Uh, and, then, and then this year with everyone, and then they selected Andrew Thomas. Anyway, uh, I think Pete would end up being a very good player. Yeah, I have the exact same pick here. Um, a two-time Pro Bowler, and a- as you mentioned, a guy that, that almost went to them in real life. Yeah, now he went 13 in real life. Um, not a not a awfully uh, or, or inaccurate prediction, but not exactly right. Uh, we will move on to the 10th pick where the Rams are on the clock now in real life. In, in some sense, they probably got the steal of the draft by selecting Todd Gurley now. You could argue that he is a top three-ish talent in this draft. You could argue that they should take him here, but I think they uh, look towards their offensive line and select Brandon Shara. Um. Yeah, I like that. Um. He goes um a little bit later for me. I think the Rams go with a guy you had going earlier in Trey Flowers. Yeah. So I think that makes sense. Obviously, I had him going at number five. I feel like if we go back to Sheriff, logically he's probably been better than um, than than Pete, but I feel like he probably is not versatile, or he probably wouldn't have been versatile enough to switch to the tackle position because he is primarily a guard. Now I think it's capable; he's probably capable, but I feel like Pete is just a safer pick. Just my explanation for that. Uh, we move on to the 11th pick, where the Vikings selecting guy you had going at number five in Byron Jones. Um, yeah, I think the, the Vikings here go with a guy that they have in real life, or not anymore, but they did have for a long period of time in Stefan Diggs. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I obviously had him going at seven. Uh, Yeah, obviously Gurley was um, went off the board um, or hold ten picks earlier for me. I think the Browns here go with Grady Jarrett. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I like that. Obviously, I had him going number eight. That is a very good or that is good value at twelve. Uh, we'll just uh, move on to the thirteenth pick where I think the Saints will select Landy Collins. Yeah, I like that. Um, as as we mentioned, when I had him going off the board at seven, he has had a great career. Um, majority of it with the Giants, and then played this year. Um, with the Redskins, I think the Saints here go with Arik Armstead. Okay, uh, good player. I have him going a bit, maybe not significantly, but or we can call it significantly. 
I think he's a good player to substitute out for Andrew Peyton, who is off the board for both of us. Uh, or never not to substitute out, just like to take instead of Andrew Peyton, who's off the board for both of us. Um, so I think Landon Collins, he had a pretty bad or not a good rookie season, and then he kind of just emerged as a, we're going to call him a star, uh, pretty good player, or, or a very good player, actually, on the Giants team, especially the ones with good defenses, which was rare. Uh, anyway, we'll move on to the 14th pick where I had the Dolphins selecting Mitch Morris. Um, yeah, I like that. Mitch doesn't go too much later for me. Um, I think that the Dolphins here go with um, a guy you had going um, all the way at six um, in Leonard Williams. Now, I, I, I said it um, a bunch there, and I think that it really is just me being a little bit sour about um, him getting overpaid this offseason by the Giants and um, as well as um, poor play with the Giants last year. He was, he was decent with um, the Jets, never quite put up the stats you would like, but He's one of those guys where where you have to watch the games in order to to see his his value. He he pressures the quarterback a lot, but doesn't doesn't quite get those those sacks and and get the end result that that you would always like. Right, that makes sense. Uh, I think that that's fair. Uh, we will move on to the fifteenth pick, where I think the Chargers select Eddie Goldman. Um, yeah, I think that the Chargers here go with a guy that went um, a whole 10 picks earlier in real life to the Redskins and Brandon Sheriff. Yeah, Sheriff is a good player, a very good player, if you may um, call him. He's solid. Uh, the pick in real life was Melville Gordon. If we go back to the 14th pick, the pick in real life was, um, pick in real life was Devontae Parker, who until this season had not had a very good career. So, although it might look good now, he, he was not very good for a while. Uh, I think for the Chargers, the pick in real life was Melvin Gordon, who Badgers, I think it's very logical that you go with him again here. I perhaps, I, I don't have him going until a lot later, just because I could not, besides the Chargers, and I think Eddie Goldman is a better option, uh, I could not find a running back needy team, and, and one team that was, I had a running back ranked higher than him. Uh, we will argue about that one when we uh, get to, or maybe we won't, I don't really know. But anyway, who do you have going at number 16? At 16 here, I think that the Texans go with the first of back-to-back running backs for me and David Johnson. Now, this is a guy who who looks like he would be on an MVP level, um, one year and then and then didn't exactly follow up um, with it the, the previous years. Um, I think he's um, he um, has had a very solid career. Some years have been better than others, but David Johnson is the pick here for me at 16. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I have David Johnson along with the guy um, who you have going next later, but uh, anyway, with the 16th pick, I have the Texans selecting Marcus Peters, the guy you would go in the top 10. Now, Peters um, had one defensive rookie of the year, um, um, and 
he showed a lot of promise. Now, he had some questionable years probably in between, but he kind of returned to full form this year and had a very good season. Yeah. Um, now we'll move right along here to 17 to the 49ers, where I think that the Niners select um, the second of back-to-back running backs in Melvin Gordon. Uh, yeah, Melvin, go Badgers. Uh, this is a good pick. Like I said, I have him going a bunch later. Very good player um, when healthy or, or when not holding out of his contract, but uh, very good player. Yeah. Uh, now with my 17th pick, I'd be Niners going linebacker here with Preston Smith. Now, in real life, the pick was um, Eric Armstead, who you have being off the board, and I have going a bit later. I think this is a good pick in Preston Smith, uh, a pretty good player. Uh, we will just keep – or we will move on to the – where the Chiefs are on the clock, and I have them selecting Trent Brown. Um, yeah, I like that. Um, he goes significantly later for me. Um, the pick in real life was Marcus Peters, who is, um, who, um, has had a great career and is off the board for both of us. I think that the Chiefs here go with a different O-lineman in Mitch Morris. Yeah, Mitch Morris is a, um, a, a very good player for the Chiefs, uh, I think he he's a pretty solid player who I obviously had going at at fourteen, pretty good, uh, better than Trent Brown, but he's off the board, so I think Trent Brown is a pretty good option as well. Uh, the nineteenth pick, I have the Browns going at the second straight offensive lineman in Ali Marpet. Um, yeah, I, I like that. Um, he goes, he goes a little bit later for me. I think that the Browns here go with um, a guy who has been quietly solid throughout his career in Adrian Amos. Uh, yeah, quietly solid is, is correct. Uh, maybe very quietly. Uh, he's a good player. Maybe you would call him a – or not maybe you would call him, but a pretty good – probably not great, but a good player. Yeah, I think that the Eagles go with Preston Smith here, um, a guy you had going earlier, um, 17 to the 49ers. Yeah, uh, yeah, I obviously did have Preston Smith going um, earlier. In real life, the pick at 19 was um, the pick at 19 was Cameron Irving, uh, who never turned into much. And 20th, the Eagles selected Nelson Aguilar, obviously. A not particularly good player by by any means. Uh, you could argue that he's terrible, can't catch the ball, and should not be on an NFL roster. But but whatever. Uh, we move on to the twenty first pick where the Bengals are on the clock now. In real life, 
they selected Cedric Ogbion, something like that. Um, definitely said that wrong, maybe more than, than most, but not, um, or not, yeah, the Bengals, uh, anyway, I think in real, in, in this scenario, they select Bernard Rick McKinnon. Um, yeah, I have him going later. I think that the Bengals here go with Quan Alexander. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I like that pick a lot. Uh, I think that that's pretty good for them. I think McKinney and Alexander and some other guys or some line, other linebackers that I go late in this first round could be argued as better for each other, but I think that's, in some sense, a bit of a toss-up. You could make arguments for either or each of the four, I think, players. Um, now we move on to the 22nd pick, who, in real life, the Steelers selected Bud Dupree. Now, Bud Dupree had the, the draft, um, not stock, but had draft rankings or, or whatever you want to call it, him going in the top five, at least top ten, but that for some reason, never really ended up happening. He went here and, and did just about nothing on the Steelers. Now, I think here they end up going with Ronald Darby. Yeah, I have the exact same pick. Um, a guy who who has played on the Eagles for a couple of years. But, uh, yeah, one of the few picks we agree on uh, throughout this. I don't even know if we've had any yet that we've agreed on. I could be missing something completely, but not that I know of. Uh um, that and Frank Clark, I'm pretty sure, at four. Uh, anyway, we'll continue to move or, or fly or whatever you want to call it through this. Now, with the 23rd pick, in real life, the um, the the Broncos selected Shane Ray, a guy who, once again, looked like a very good draft prospect but never turned into much in the league. Uh, not, not like a terrible player, but not not particularly good. I mean, he kind of fell out of the league very fast, but he was not bad when uh, he wasn't bad when he was playing. Anyway, uh, who do you have, or who do you have the Broncos selecting here? Yeah, I think the Broncos go with a guy I believe you had going earlier in Eddie Goldman. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I'm going at 15. Uh, good player. No, I am a guy, or, or guy you would go at. At 13, I'm pretty sure, and Eric Armstead. Um, yeah, we will move right along here to 24, to the Cardinals, where I think that they select Eric Hendrick. Yeah, now I have them going a guy who, who they can go with here in real life, because in real life, they selected, um, they selected DJ Humphreys here, an offensive tackle in Florida, who never did much in the NFL, um, but I think they go with their current not their current, but but until last year, their current running back in David Johnson. Um, yeah, I like that. We will move right along here to twenty five to the Panthers, where I think that they select Ollie Marpet. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Uh, logically, I had him, or not logically, but I had him going a bunch earlier at, or not a bunch, but at nineteen. Uh, I think Panthers going. Same, um, or not the same life, not but the same, or the same side of the ball here as in real life. Real life is like Jack Thompson, who by no means 
is, is a bad player. He, he's still on the Panthers. But I think they do Demarius Randall. Um, yeah, I like that. He goes um, a few picks later for me. Um, we will move right along here to 26, the Ravens, where I think that they go with Jordan Hicks. Now, the pick in real life um, to, was Brashad Perriman, um, a guy who has been eh throughout his career, um, um, doesn't go um, in the first round for me. Um, but, yeah, we will, you can give your 26 here. Yeah, no, with the 26 pick, I have the Ravens going linebacker as well, but a different linebacker than you already have off the board in Quan Alexander. Yeah, I like that. Obviously, he is off the board for me, as you alluded to. Um, we will move right along here to 27, um, where in real life, the Cowboys made the unfortunate great selection of Byron Jones. Here, I think that they go with Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that makes sense. Uh, Byron Jones is obviously a huge snag, probably the steal of the first round, uh, or maybe definitely the steal of the first round. Now, with my 27th pick, I have the Cowboys selecting Eric Kendricks. Um, yeah, I like that. Obviously, he went earlier to for me. Um, we will move right along to 28 here to the Lions, where I think that they go with a guy you had going earlier um, in – um, Bernardic McKinney. Yeah, now in real life, they selected, um, uh, we're gonna call him Lake, uh, we're gonna call him Lakin Tomlinson. It's, it's something like that, or something close to that. Uh, pretty good player as well. Um, or not a pretty good player, a, a pretty good name as well. Uh, decent player. Uh, I have them go to Shaq Mason. Yeah, Mason um, goes a little bit later for me. We will move right along here to 29, to the Colts, where in real life they took Philip Dorsett. Not an awful pick, a guy who has been decent throughout his career, never has been terrific, but never awful. Um, Dill, you can give your 29 here. Yeah, at 29, I think the Colts replace um, Philip Dorsett with a better receiver who had gone earlier. With Tyler Lockett. Um, yeah, I like that. Here, I think that the Colts go with an offensive lineman in Rob um, Havenstein. Yeah, uh, Rob Havenstein, good Wisconsin player, go Badgers. Um, I have him going a bit later. Good player, uh, pretty good player. Uh, Pro Bowl-ish, or Pro Bowl-level player. Uh, 30, the guy the Packers, getting what might be seen as like a snag at 30, but I think I think you could argue that not many teams in this draft class were running back needy. I think they, the Packers select Melvin Gordon. Um, yeah, I think that that is definitely the, the snag of the first round here. I think that the Packers go with um, a guy that they picked in real life in Demaryius Randall. Okay, uh, Demaryius Randall. I had going at 25, a uh, pretty good player. Uh, I think if you're the Packers, you probably do it again. Uh, I mean, I know he's not exactly stuck around on your team through five years, but, but still, good player. Now, the 31st pick of the Saints um, via the Seahawks, who selected Stephon, or Stephon Anthony, linebacker out of Clemson. I think they go a different route here, um, or, or not a different route. 
or the same position, but obviously different route in terms of players by selecting Jordan Hicks. Yeah, I like that. Obviously, Hicks went earlier for me. I think that this Saints here at 31 go with Trent Brown. Um, the offensive lineman out of Florida. We will wrap things up at 32 to the Patriots, where in real life they took Malcolm Brown. Dill, who do you have uh, rounding out the first round here? Yeah, to round up the first round of the guy you would go at 29 in Rob Havenstein. Yeah, I think that um, they also go offensive lineman here and a guy that you had going earlier um, in Shaq Mason. You had him going 28 to the Lions. Yeah. Uh, so that wraps up our redraft. Uh, time to go into what if scenarios. Would you like to start us off with the what if scenario? Um, yeah, I don't think that there's a ton here. Um, I don't know. I guess um one hmm, one that would come to mind here is if the Rams don't end up with Todd Gurley. Do you think that they still make that Super Bowl run? Um. I would not argue against them making the Super Bowl run because that offense, even without Gurley that year, was pretty explosive. Uh, I think it's definitely and a great defense led by Aaron Donald, who they obviously still have a um, great player for them. I, I think it's possible, especially now with the addition of um, uh, Brandon Sheriff and for you, um, Trey Flowers, there was a chance to build on that defense and that O-line. They still, I think it's very logical that they still make a Super Bowl run. Makes sense. Um, you can give us one here. Uh, yeah. Now, here I think this is a one that is probably more centered towards you. Now, does the fact that the Buccaneers now have, or this is centered only towards you, but now does the fact that the Buccaneers have Mike Evans and Mari Cooper, and you never know, maybe they still get Chris Godwin. Does that receiver core, which probably turns into a very good one, ever really matter if they don't have a key quarterback? Um, I think it does in the sense um, – well, I think it does because I think you can have a great um, receiving core, but then I think you can pair it with um, a free agent quarterback. Maybe you go out and get someone, or maybe you go out – um, and, and snag someone in the very solid um, 2016 um, quarterback draft class, um, which we will get to um, in our next episode. Um, just a little f- foreshadow here. Um, some quarterbacks that went include golf, Wentz, um, both went one and two. So a, a good quarterback. And Dak. Um, what? I mean, and Dak, but you're not taking him at right. that high. But, but in terms of talented quarterbacks, maybe you wait till like the the fourth round and satisfy another need and select Dak. But but anyway, uh, so you don't think it necessarily matters, uh, just because they could easily end up going out and getting someone. Yeah, yeah, I think that you know when you have such a good receiving core like that, that I don't, I think it it just doesn't make any sense not to go out and pursue a, a quarterback of some sort. Yeah, so I, I don't have any more, do you? No, I really don't. Um, not too many ones that come out of this draft class. Because um, I, I think that a lot of um, the ones that we have, like, there were there were a, a good amount of busts in this class. So I think, you know, if you replace um, a bus with a solid guy, then obviously it improves your team, but does it improve your team? Uh, or it, it should improve your team dramatically, but... But in the sense that, um, does it really 
does it really transform how you were? I mean, potentially, but probably not. Um, I do have one more actually that just came to mind. Um, what do you, what do you, obviously we have the same pick going to the giants as opposed to the infamous flowers. Do you think that, um, taking Andreas Pete, um, improves their offensive line immediately? No, I don't think so. I'm not against Pete, and I think he's way better than Eric Flowers and anyone that they've had on their line since Eric Flowers. But but I think he is not a line-changing, um, no pun intended. No, there was definitely a pun intended. But the line-changing, like, uh, player, he's a good player, but, but not an amazing player, so no, not really. All right. Um, that will wrap things up here. Um, Dill, thanks for coming on. I will talk to you tomorrow when we do uh, the 2016 NBA draft class. Um, a solid class, um, decent at the top with guys like Carl Anthony Towns and such. Um, I will talk to you tomorrow as far as that goes. But um, thank you guys for listening. We will be back um, on Tuesday, um, I believe, to talk about the 2016 class. Um, a class that um, had quarterbacks going one and two, just like this one. So, yeah, so that wraps things up here. Thank you guys for listening. Please be sure to tune in to both podcasts in the G-Man Journal and the DW Podcast um, for more redraft content. But that wraps this one up, and we will talk to you guys on Tuesday. Thank you for listening, and bye-bye.